Welcome to season two of Talks. I'm Sips. I'm Jess. And I'm Sassy. How you doing? What you sipping? Does it spark joy and stuff? It does. <laughs> it sparks a lot of joy, actually, because I'm drinking out of the Disneyland cup. Ooh. I think the day or the time we filmed after I got it, you asked about it. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to save it for like, what if we talk about Disney? It's the day, guys. <laughs> Today is the day. Yeah. So it's the start. Starbucks and Disneyland 50th anniversary. Were you going to say Star Wars? Anniversary. <laughs> the Star Wars. <laughs> and it's like the studded purple. Iridescent. Like, yeah, it has a little bit of blue in it. 50th anniversary cup. $50 tumbler. Thanks, mom. Yeah, thanks, mom. She bought it for me. <laughs> Dude, this girl like posted that they had a bunch at the Disney store at the uh-huh. Starbucks there. And she's yeah. like, do you want one? I'm like... Nah, man, it's rent season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm drinking basically my huge now, the iced white chocolate mocha. It's um, I haven't found anything else that I could really enjoy. <laughs> yeah, once you, once you found it, it's it. It's it. It's, it's like uh, when you get in a relationship, when you know, you know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> There's no, no going back now. No going back. <laughs> right. What well, about you over there? Out of my really cool graduation <laughs> gift, I've had two of these in my life. And they didn't come with lids. Oh, my God. I'm dropping. Anyway. <laughs> I'm making a mess. Everybody look away. Rubbing my pants. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm having a cafe latte because I always have a cafe latte. Mm-hmm. And I tried having a cafe latte from a different place the other day. Uh-huh. No. Not no, it. No. Never again. Never again. They, they put something in that coffee. It's like, <laughs> right. Right. You're like, is it the soy milk? No, because I did soy milk, too. And mm-hmm. it wasn't good. They're, they're Maybe did it go bad? <laughs> Dude, like the time I had those eggs. Anyway, mm-hmm. whatever. We're dropping that. Well, we were, we just finished talking about the Kardashians the other week and current events. And I hope you guys appreciated that, you know, we got so intimate and deep about it. <laughs> Which we were not expecting. Like, Whoa, mom. <laughs> we're like, oh, emotions. <laughs> I got a call. I thought we were talking about the Kardashians. I don't know how that one plus one equal two, but okay. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Well, we hope you lovely listeners enjoyed last week and our take on all things gossip and, you know, putting it down more to like normal people levels, i.e. us. <laughs> <laughs> down to earth, if you will. Uh, less billions and more hundreds no not even hundreds maybe singles um (laughs) this has been such a woman rich month it only makes sense that in the last episode of march which is this one uh we'll honor some more notable rad ladies Mm -hmm. so we're still keeping up with the stories revolving around women so we want to cover some great movies and tv series (laughs) that Mm. are female-led we have a lot of great ones on the list so grab your favorite drink and join us in some movie talks and we have a live studio audience today too yay you can't see her, but she can. There. But you can see her on Friday on hey. Patreon. There you go. Plug. It's a plug. It's a plug. <laughs> Just oh. be cautious, though. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say because I never ever describe my cups. I've realized oh, right. it's um, it's a lens for you listening, people. Yeah, All right. it's like a camera lens. It's a camera lens cup. All right, we moving on. Yeah. Just be cautious. Moving forward, we may have some spoilers up ahead. So mm. keep that in mind. No, we have spoilers up ahead. <laughs> there are no May here. It's a definite. But uh, have you watched the film Selma? 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 I have not. Our audience nods their head yes in approval, I think. <laughs> well, the IMD synopsis reads as follows. A chronicle of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s campaign to secure equal voting rights via an epic march from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama in 1965. Okay, that describes it a little. And if you've taken history class, you get the gist, right? Mm-hmm. Well, but if you need more detail, here you go. 
<clears throat> movie trailer voice time. The unforgettable true story chronicles the tumultuous three month period in 1965 when Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. led a dangerous campaign to secure equal voting rights in the face of violent opposition. opposition. The epic march from Selma to Montgomery culminated in President Johnson signing the vi- the Voting Rights <laughs> Act of 1965, one of the most significant victories for the ci- civil rights movement. Uh, <laughs> all right, director. Tell A- the background music caught me <laughs> off guard for a second. <laughs> director Ava Duvernay's Selma tells the story of how the revered leader and visionary Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and his brothers and sisters in the movement prompted change that forever altered history. And duh, what are you living under a rock? You know what happened. Um, So Ava directed Selma. And as of today, it is still living at 99% on Rotten Tomatoes, which you guys know, they're mean. (laughs) On IMDb, it hits a 7.5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Some really fun and inspiring facts about Ava DuVernay, I love saying that last name, too <laughs> fancy, um, are that she did not pick up a camera until she was 32. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Our live studio audience can concur to that. <laughs> and she's like, I feel it, I feel it. Um, uh, however, this has not stopped her from making history as a writer, director, and producer. She was the first African-American woman to best to win Best Director at the Sundance Film Festival, nice. be nominated for a director, or sorry, Best Director Golden Globe. Hey. Nice. <laughs> yeah, another one. Direct a film nominated for a Best Picture Oscar. Wow. <laughs> yes. And direct a film with a budget of over $100 million. Ooh. Also, tangent. <laughs> I wish I had my tangent whiteboard, blackboard. We're going to incorporate that soon, by the way. <laughs> anyway. And I was thinking subscribe to our Patreon fund. (laughs) Fund it so we can buy that blackboard. Anyway, and then we can like accumulate all the millions of tangents that happened today. I was thinking about this part of the of the reading and I was like, oh my gosh. I was thinking about you because I was like, at some point when you get to 200 million, 300 million budgets, I'm like, how do you like how does your brain process all those numbers? I never want to get into accounting ever. No Mm -hmm. desire. My boyfriend's roommate he's a project manager for like commercials and things like that and he's like i don't care about the creative i just care about how it gets done and the money mm-hmm. he cares about <laughs> the logistical end of it and i'm like yeah. i'm the opposite of you i don't care about the money let's just make a movie <laughs> mm-hmm. does that that number frighten you as a accountant essentially um over a hundred million yeah Yes and no, okay. because I've seen now on those types of like shows or TV shows, you have a lot of help. Okay, good. So it doesn't just fall on you. So I think if I were in that team, I'd be like a little intimidated at first, <laughs> yeah. but I'd be like, you know what? I have like 10 other accountants with me, the line yeah. producers there. Yeah. Like, we're good. It's okay. It's a team. <laughs> but also, if a zero goes missing. I'm just kidding. Like, oh, what was that? It's showing up in on my like new clothes? Right? Where like, did that go? <laughs> I'm, I'm over here still on Talks and Zips. I'm like, are you wearing the Gucci belt that I've been wanting? No. <laughs> <laughs> still hasn't got the Gucci belt. Um, but yeah, that sounds incredibly frightening. Mm-hmm. Uh, the part where you're responsible for making a hit and, a, and an iconic movie with a budget of over $100 million. Whoo-wee. <laughs> well, her work has made her the highest grossing black woman director in American box office history. Her latest project, 
When They See Us, was nominated for 16 Emmy Awards, making her and Beyonce <laughs> the first African-American women in primetime Emmy history to receive multiple nominations in their careers for directing. Nice. Another cool AF fact <laughs> is that Ava was born in the LBC, baby. Yeah. <laughs> for all you people born in the LBC. <laughs> Ava's aunt would encourage her to be creative. Her aunt simultaneously worked a night shift as a nurse so she could pursue her love of art and literature and theater during the day so like whoa so she was really up like our guest for many hours <laughs> um ava grew up in compton with her family but she spent every summer in um i can't say that Londis? yeah alabama uh, <laughs> where her father's family lived for generations duvernay's father recalled watching the historic civil rights march over the edmund Pettus bridge in the neighboring town of selma alabama the time she spent there inspired her to direct a movie about, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and the civil rights movement. Her story, like anyone else's who's made a name for themselves, required determination, a little self-discipline, and copious amounts of courage. After graduating college, she got into broadcast journalism and was and one of her assignments actually was to watch a juror's home from the O.J. Simpson case. And they made her go through his trash. Oh, wow. And so she, Imagine that. Right? And you're like, I'm a journalist. Yeah. So, <laughs> so she was obviously, like, super disappointed. Like, mm -hmm. this is what you're going to have me do, you yeah. know? And after that, she, she was like, I'm going to do something else. So she actually ended up moving her attention into making a PR agency. Mm -hmm. Okay. This actually allowed her to be on sets, mm -hmm. which she wasn't before, and watch prominent filmmakers such as Steven Spielberg, Spielberg Michael Mann, Clint Eastwood. Can't say that one. And Raul. <laughs> Raul Peck and uh, Gurinder Chada. Anyway, so she got to see them in, in action, right? Mm -hmm. She became interested in directing and started writing her first script back in 2003. And by 2006, DuVernay made her first short film called Saturday Night Life based on her mother's experiences. Mm -hmm. She kept writing and directing after this and wrote more cost-efficient documentaries. So essentially, in order to be able to keep directing, you know, because we all know it's even like shorts take a good amount of money. Mm -hmm. She would intentionally write um documentaries small documentaries and film those yeah and direct like, a little bit more it's not easier but it's less money going into it oh yeah it's yeah. an easier setup i would say yeah you don't have to deal with like actors not really you know mm -hmm. not if, uh, unless you want like reenactments or whatever yeah mm -hmm. um but just interviewing people yeah. basically what we do here <laughs> and this is cost efficient <laughs> this eventually led her to selma and many other films as she began getting recognition after receiving awards in 2009 duvernay's created directed and co-wrote the netflix drama when they see us this five-part miniseries based on the 1989 Central Park jogger case quickly became Netflix's number one most-watched series daily in the U.S. with over 23 million viewers during its first month of release and 16 Emmy nominations at the 71st Primetime Emmy Awards. So go Ava! Mm -hmm. um, thanks for setting foundations <laughs> and teaching us that you can always be creative and ambitious and groundbreaking. You don't have to be like 20. You could... Be 32. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> next up, <laughs> we're going to go into a more, I haven't seen that movie, so I don't know, like, the whole gist of it. I can imagine it's taken as a serious movie just Selma? based off of what it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, and I think because of what it is, there's a lot less room 
It's not as yeah. forgiving. Audiences uh-huh. are less forgiving. For yeah. Sure. Um, the audience for this one wasn't as forgiving either. <laughs> so, I mean, it kind of goes in. It bleeds <laughs> in. So, first up, I have American Psycho, which was written and directed by a woman. It was written by Guinevere Turner and Mary Heron, which was also the director. And per IMDb, both line producers were women as well. So, very, like, heavy. Heavy woman. Yeah. yeah. Which you can kind of understand why. I don't know if you've read the book or anything. I haven't read the book, but I love the movie. Yeah, so the book, <laughs> the movie basically turned all the bad things from the book into like kind of a funny thing um, rather than taking it as like serious cuz like the book is very sexist and like misogynistic and <laughs> so I'll never are. forget them at the beginning of the movie showing off their cards to each other <laughs> and someone went and like put cat pictures. Look at this on one. it. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Oh. Very nice. It's very cool, Bateman, but that's nothing. What do you think? Nice. But wait. You ain't seen nothing yet. White. Impressive. Very nice. Mm. Let's see Paul Allen's. thickness of it oh my god honestly <laughs> i i like that scene with the business cards i'm like so sleek oh, so, ooh, yes. <laughs> so minimalistic <laughs> <laughs> well if for some reason you haven't already watched it i highly recommend you do i'm not gonna spoil it but it's it's really good if you need a refresher though here's a summary i meant to highlight it for you oh okay <laughs> This is movie voice time. Also, I'm going to pretend to be Christian Bale. Or should I be Jared Leto who gets his face? I'm not going to say it. Uh, (laughs) A wealthy New York City investment banking executive, Patrick Bateman, hides his alternate psychopathic ego from his coworkers and friends as he delivers deeper, delves deeper, (laughs) into his violent, I cannot say that one. Hedonistic. Thank you. Fantasies. So if you didn't already know, it's actually an adaptation of, this is where my bit got ruined. Oh. I forgot my book that I was going to pull out. Maybe. Hold on. Hold Maybe it. Maybe you get a picture. Okay. There's a picture there now. <laughs> it's based off of the book, American Psycho. And this was actually the second hold on. film. Tangent. Mm-hmm. Can you take a picture of you holding the book so I can put the picture of you holding the book while you hold the book in the video? So I'll be holding myself holding the book? Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Let's keep going. <laughs> Let us know how it worked out. <laughs> well, this is actually Mary Heron's second film she directed, feature. She had done a few shorts before then. But before that was I Shot Andy Warhol, which is a pretty big one. And a few TV episodes alongside a documentary. Now, the film is highly praised now, especially with it being directed by a woman. However, like most things, it had a a bit of a rocky start because of the movie itself. (laughs) Yeah, people, it was too, uh, it was ahead of its time, maybe? I think so. She's even said it in an interview, like, oh, yeah, it definitely was. Like, I think it would be more accepted better now than it was then. (laughs) But now I think because of that, just like any other film that was ahead of its time, it has like a cult following. Yeah. I don't know if it would have been as big of an impact now as it was back then. So it all worked itself out. (laughs) In an interview with Vulture, Mary Heron remembered that the New York Post had described the film as 
the biggest bomb of Sundance. <laughs> and Yikes. if I were her, I'd be um I'd be sweating bullets. Like it was the bomb? <laughs> like the bomb. It was like a bomb. <laughs> they meant it as the bomb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she knew that the statement wasn't really true, as when it premiered, there was a huge line of people that were like waiting to watch it. And if you've ever watched the film, you probably know that there's like it's a dark humor thing. So there's a lot of goofy lines or scenes in there that we can all laugh at, right? <laughs> like the scene when he's looking at himself. That's literally what I put. For instance, it became a meme now. And Patrick Bateman <laughs> looks at himself in the mirror and points at himself hey. while he's having sex. <laughs> the biggest narcissistic out there. Yeah. <laughs> Narcissist, not narcissistic. <laughs> Well, during the screening, the only people laughing were Mary, Christian Bale, and Andy Marcus, which was the editor. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, how I am when I'm editing this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's all quiet. Just it's like <laughs> <laughs> Many people just didn't really understand it for what it was. I think they were taking it a little too seriously. So when those like funny moments were coming up, they're like, can we laugh at this? Ugh. Is it acceptable? Is this tone deaf? <laughs> But just rewinding a tad, when the book was published in 1991, it sparked a ton of controversy. The book itself is filled with graphic violence and misogyny. And when people started figuring out a film adaptation was being made, there was a lot of concern that it would be very close to a snuff film. And do you know what a snuff film is? No, I'm innocent. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're like Jess and are innocent, <laughs> here's the Google definition. It describes it as a pornographic movie of an actual murder. So it's like, oh, yeah, it's like dark web stuff. Mm -hmm. So people thought that it was going to be that because of how violent the book it was. was. Um... Mm -hmm. Of course, that is not what the film turned out mm -hmm. to be. <laughs> and it's a staple horror movie with many horror fans. So again, if you haven't already seen it, I recommend you do. Since the film, Mary has continued to write, produce, and direct. She's gotten into TV as and has directed <laughs> an episode of Constantine, The Following Graceland, and most recently directed the series The Expecting, which mm. looks a little spooky. She does have a film in post-production now as well called Dolly Land, and she directed... About Dolly Parton? About what? Dolly Parton? Dolly Parton? Is it? I, I don't think so. Just kidding. We don't know. <laughs> I don't think so, but we'll find out right now. You're about to read the synopsis. <laughs> this time about when I watch movies. What's going to happen? <laughs> Start guessing. <laughs> so she directed that as well, and it sounds pretty interesting. Here's the IMD synopsis. In 1973, a young gallery assistant goes on a wild adventure behind the scenes, and as she helps? Mm -hmm. What? As he helps. Oh, my brain assumed it was a woman. Again. <laughs> In 1973, a young gallery assistant goes on a wild adventure behind the scenes as he helps the aging genius Salvador Dali. Oh, this has nothing to do with what I thought. Prepare for a big show in New York. So Salvador Dali, not Dolly Parton. <laughs> I'll be keeping an eye out on that one for sure. And once I get the energy to commute to a new TV show, <laughs> I'll keep the expecting in mind. But yeah, that'll be a while probably. <laughs> what is this big show in New York? Is it a Broadway show? Is it a you have runway to watch show? To find out. <laughs> what kind of show is it? <laughs> He's an artist. He's Who? a painter. Correct. Yes. Realism. <laughs> He, I know his clock one that like the clocks are melting. Yeah, but like surrealism, so it's probably not not a Broadway show. 
Well, there you go. Well, that goes to tell you how much we know. <laughs> well, we know. I don't know who this person is. All right. Well, for the first time ever, I watched something almost right as it came out. And not from my own will, of course, uh, but from my animation nerd partner. She's sitting there with her eyelids taped open. Yeah. Watch. We're watching this now, babe. He's sweet. He would never do that. I'm just kidding. Uh, Pixar has such a way of making me want to buy things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently, this next film we are diving into is a first in many, many ways. I'm talking about the film Turning Red. Mm-hmm. Uh, immediately, I'm like, this is a metaphor for teen angst and periods, right? Mm-hmm. And and then, spoiler alert, there is um, total talk about periods in this. <laughs> and I sat there like about damn time. <laughs> have you ever seen the short bow? I have. That's the with the little. Are they dumplings? They're dumplings. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're du- is it dumpling? No, essentially, yeah. But okay, those eight minutes will mess you up. Right. <laughs> it feels okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or you might think it's funny like (laughs) (laughs) the story read is a very similar it's very similar as we watched the movie and and as it sat and progressed my partner and i couldn't help but look at each other and think like i wonder if this is about the director's mom Mm -hmm. and like if the director's mom did those things to her Mm -hmm. and this is just like a tall um the awesome director of turning red is domi shi and I love her last name because she is the first woman to solo direct a Pixar film in the studio's 36-year history. This is a huge deal, you guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, Scandalously, a main reason this is a huge deal is due to John uh, Lasseter leaving Pixar after a sexual harassment scandal. He headed or sorry, he's headed toward another animation studio and I'm not going to actually disclose which one it is because he doesn't deserve that type of attention. Um, it's just crazy to know that he founded Pixar and was the former creative chief, you know, operator, CEO and of that, of Pixar and Disney Animation. The frustrating thing is he wasn't fired. He just like slipped away, mm, you know, like yeah. boo. So someone on Twitter posted a picture of him and was being a woman in an industry where known repeated abusers are hired back to their high positions after a handful of months because they're irreplaceable, quote unquote, is as terrifying as it is infuriating. I have no words. Mm -hmm. So essentially, he just went to go be a boss somewhere else. Yeah, he just left the job. Went to anyone, same position. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. Yeah, after people were like ousting him, right? Mm -hmm. So Lasseter began his leave of absence in November 2017 after multiple women came forward with accounts of inappropriate and harassing behavior by him. Again, slipped away like nothing. This did lead to Jennifer Lee, who co-directed Frozen to now lead Disney Animation. So she's one of the heads there. Uh, Let that man go. Let him go. Let him go. Please let let him go. Um, But back to Domishi. She was a storyboard artist for Toy Story 4, Incredibles 2, The Good Dinosaur, and Inside Out. She wrote Bao and Turning Red and directed both of them. In Turning Red, she mentions her fave part of the movie. Again, spoilers. And it really was hilarious. After regarding a mindless doodle, and this is a little bit of the description that she wanted us to know about. After regarding a mindless doodle of a boy she had drawn in the corner of her homework, May suddenly gets up from her desk, rolls under her bed, and starts frantically drawing picture after picture of her neighborhood crush. (laughs) 
the spell is broken only by a knock on the door by her mother. And it's so funny. Uh, the whole scene is a hoot. She becomes flustered drawing these pics eventually under her bed. And she states, I just want people to discover that girls can be as weird and pervy and strange as boys can be within this movie. And here's a synopsis if you didn't know what Turning Red was about. Turning Red follows Mai, voiced by Rosalie Chiang. Is it Chiang? Mm-hmm. As she wakes up on, as she wakes up one morning to discover that because of a secret family quirk, she has turned into a large red panda. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> the transformation is not permanent, but it's triggered when she feels intense emotions. That would be an inconvenience of for any teenager. But May is also blessed with an overprotected mother, Ming, which is Sandra Oh, who has no problem embarrassing her in front of her peers. This seems like a PG version of Big Mouth. I've never seen Big Mouth. It's a it's a cartoon, but it's not for kids. Oh, <laughs> that like deals with uh, teens going into puberty and oh. they have their hormone monsters. Oh my but goodness! It's not for kids, so you can just imagine oh. like the hormone monster. <laughs> yeah, man, it was. Woo, I have to watch that. It sounds fun. <laughs> it's it's a little unsettling, like the drawing yeah. style, but. If you could get past it, it's pretty funny. Sick. As long as it's not claymation, I'm in. It's not claymation. Okay, good. <laughs> y'all know how I feel about claymation. <laughs> All right. I love it because in the film, when she awakens, she runs to the bathroom and her mom immediately thinks May is starting her period. <laughs> and so she's like, oh, honey, like she's at the door. And yeah. she's just this huge pan in the bathtub like, ah. <laughs> and at some point, her mom shows up at her school and pulls out a box of pads and then May freaks out because it's like everyone in her class can see her mom holding up this box of pads and she turns into the giant red panda in class. Mm -hmm. And if that isn't a metaphor, I don't know what is. Like, (laughs) oh, fuck, you're embarrassing. Like, you know, because red can be attributed to like anger and like, you know, love and like lust and frustration and like just anything that's really heightened. Mm -hmm. Also, they say never to paint, I think, your living room or your kitchen red because it makes you eat more. I didn't know. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so basically, yeah, it was just it's such a cute movie. Oh, my God. I got to watch it again. Anyway, mm-hmm. Pete Doctor was her mentor and really helped propel her forward and would tell her to pitch uh, when there were openings. So because she was a storyboard artist, they would have different moments where, you know, all right, you guys pitch to yeah. us. And la, la. Uh, Pete is now the CEO, by the way. So he mm-hmm. was the one uh, responsible for Inside Out. Oh, okay. Yeah. And this inspired she to release and fight for Bao. So essentially, she was pitching to him and practicing her pitches. And he, and you know, finally, she was able to get in front of the board and do the whole pitch thing. And she actually did it in a way where it was like, oh, uh, a little bit. She was like, how do I convince a group of old white men to be okay with this, pretty much? Right. Mm-hmm. And so then she like found a way to write it. And so then um, Pete was like, no, 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 no. Not that ending. You gave me a different ending. Mm. And so he like, you know, kind of encouraged. Pushed, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it, it worked out. So yeah, Bao, I think Pixar has like gotten a lot better at making movies about the actual like soul. Did you watch soul? No, you should watch it. You would like Am it. Am I going to cry? Yeah. <laughs> so before that inside out, even though that movie kind of uh, frustrated me. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I understand the whole point of sadness, but it just annoyed me too much. It's because <laughs> I'm going to stop. It's because no, I'm sad. I'm definitely sad. But I think my main person up here is probably joy. 
because I mm. like being more happy. And trust me, the sadness is there. But mm. I think maybe that's why sadness in my head annoys me. So <laughs> just by your, your joy, I'm joy. <laughs> You're joy. She is so annoyed by sadness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, Joy. <laughs> I like the little green one. She's, Disgust. I like yeah. her, too. Yeah, yeah, I like her. She's sassy. Yeah. Fear. And they draw them so cute, too, because you're like, man, that's that's, that's what, exactly what they would look like. <laughs> um, but with Bao Greenlit, she became the first woman to direct a Pixar short and first woman of color to win an Oscar for Best Animated Short Film in 2019. Nice. So, yay! Mm-hmm. They had a screening at Pixar, and at the end of the movie, she got up on stage with Pixar Vice President and Producer Lindsay Collins, Production Designer Rona Liu, and Visual Effects Supervisor Danielle Feinberg. This was the first time anyone at Pixar had seen an all-female leadership team on stage together ever. Nice. I know. It's yeah. huge. Mm-hmm. So, but also, sell me all the red panda <laughs> plushies. I want them. I want them on my bed. Um, also, P.S., the movie uh, totally calls out this trope. And it's a must-watch for sure. And if you're into anime... A lot of the animation style during the dynamic moments reflect that. So everyone's like, oh, this is really close to anime. Mm. Like they changed up their style. A, a lot oh, of it okay. is in the eyes. Um, the cute. And then you get the sparkles <laughs> and the big pupils because they're like, you know, falling. And it, it's, it's funny because it's on a, a trope. It plays on the trope of like BTS and all the boy bands. Yeah. Because they're obsessed with this boy band. Um <laughs> But it is funny that you say that because I put especially in the eyes and the geeking out over boy moments. So <laughs> way to go, Domi She. <laughs> All right. So I haven't actually seen this movie that I'm going to talk about, <laughs> <laughs> but I've heard a ton about it and its director. I'm talking about 2020's Nomadland directed by Chloe Zhao. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. I figured. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our studio audience member has. <laughs> she does a better job at watching films that we do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the reason I've known about this film is because of how many nominations it was and still is receiving these last couple years since its release. Here's the synopsis. A woman in her 60s, after losing everything in the Great Recession, embarks on a journey through the American West, living as a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. Sounds like a, cl- a climber to me. well the film is based off of a novel similar to american psycho this novel was written by a woman as well jessica bruder not me (laughs) (laughs) not cisneros bruder (laughs) (laughs) the film went on to win multiple oscars including best picture best actress in a leading role and best directing this was for the 2021 oscars and it was the first time more than one woman was on the nomination board for best director So it was a pretty big win like when Chloe got it. And on top of that, she's the first woman of color to win Best Director for both the Oscars and the Golden Globes. Oh, wow. So awesome for her. She's definitely making history. (laughs) (laughs) I won't be going too much more into the film itself because I mentioned I haven't seen it. And I also don't want to spoil it it for myself (laughs) because I do want to watch it. (laughs) But um, let's take a look at the director, Chloe Zhao. She was born in Beijing, China. She was like many other preteens and teens rebellious and this led her to wanting to study abroad not like our guest last time julia oh yeah <laughs> julia's crazy yeah so she went to high school in london and went to massachusetts mounts hoyo college where she studied political science and after four years of college she realized 
this ain't for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's like, political science, I'm tired of it. She just didn't want to deal with all like, because it gets tiring too. like these jobs. I props to all you people that can deal with like so much information. I yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is when she turned to kind of wanting to get into the film side. So during her time at the college, she learned how much she loved to meet new people and learning about their individual histories. Like, where do they come from? What's their backstory? Like a character, if you will. (laughs) She figured that filmmaking would combine doing both of these two things that she loves. So she enrolled into New York University's graduate film program. She made her feature directing debut with My Brothers Taught Me. And it got its start three years ago when Zhao read a newspaper article about a teen suicide epidemic on the reservation next to Pine Ridge. With a producer, she traveled to Pine Ridge and started knocking on doors, meeting young people. Soon, she put together a non-pro cast and began developing her script, which is now up to 30 drafts. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a lot. (laughs) When she's asked why there are so many drafts, she states that every time she visits the reservation and she meets all these new teens, Mm -hmm. she's just constantly learning new things Um, that she wants to incorporate or like adjust what she's already written. What was that movie or that TV show with? Selena Gomez, something, something, many reasons why some girl commits. That wasn't uh, Selena Gomez. That was she 13 reasons why, but she, she doesn't come do out it? in it. No, oh, she wasn't in it, but maybe she was like a producer. A producer. Yeah, maybe. I think she's affiliated along that way. Yeah, that show. <laughs> no, not, not the same thing. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't do a good job at like, because um... it was a book originally. I don't think it did a good job at like fully explaining and appreciating it for what it was. It kind of seemed a little money grabby. Oh, bummer. Especially after the first season. Yeah, the first season's pretty good. Yeah. Not so much. It's like it didn't need to happen. Yeah. (laughs) Well. Yeah, so just by reading this, though, (laughs) about (laughs) her many drafts and learning so many things, I can tell that she has tons of passion that she puts behind her work. After this, she directed the writer, Nomadland, and her latest film released in November of last year, Eternals. Now that one I did see. <laughs> I know and she there's had a, thoughts. <laughs> I do have thoughts. I know there's a ton of mixed reviews on it. For example, our Marvel super fans, super fans told us how they felt about it on our Patreon. <laughs> so if you want to check it out, link in the description. There's a lot it's of Patreon plug. plugs today. Yep. <laughs> I, for one, didn't hate it, but I didn't think it was like the best thing in the world. To be fair, though, I watched it after a long work week with long hours and actually fell asleep a few times. Oh, that'll do it. (laughs) But I based my review on what I did see, and it wasn't so much that I was confused on what I had missed out. I was more questioning, like, what was happening in the stories and about the characters. Because when you're introducing that many characters in such little time, Mm -hmm. there's going to be questions, obviously. Mm, But I don't think it was like, this was a horrible movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to plug my own film now. (laughs) That I worked on last year. And Carly actually worked on it for a day, too. Mm -hmm. Lauren Vrindloff actually played Makari in this film and did absolutely amazing. And I can now say this. She also played Lila in Charlie and the Hunt, which I line produced last summer nice. yeah the short isn't out yet but i'll link the trailer that we have up on instagram if you'd like to check it out and just wait for its release it was a majority of women on the crew too so it's still fitting for the episode mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a plug it's a plug black to chloe <laughs> back to chloe this is how she approached eternals she sought to include elements of eastern philosophy in eternals honing in on this words <laughs> taoist taoist 
principles such as the virtue of inaction, of acting in harmony with nature, and of finding a balance between yin and yang. And she says, In our society, in the stories we tell about ourselves, we often emphasize and celebrate masculine strength, the strength of constant action, of winning, of innovating, and expanding. In Eternals, we wanted to explore the feminine strength in all of us, the strength that comes from vulnerability, love, forgiveness, and actionless action. I think she definitely accomplished that, like what she said on it, especially with the ending, even though I wasn't particularly <laughs> a fan of that. Uh, but I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> but if you watched it, you probably know what I'm talking about. And you might feel a different way about it, which is totally okay, because we all have our opinions. <laughs> Art is subjective. <laughs> Either way, though, I'm adding some of her previous films onto my ever-evolving list of movies to catch up on. <laughs> so hopefully I'll get to them one day. But the I have scroll. a feeling... Scroll. Yeah, let me just whip it out. It's like 10 miles long at this point. <laughs> yeah, so many movies. <laughs> but yours is probably longer. Oh, my Raptor on the block <laughs> <laughs> but i do have a feeling she's got some great things coming up in the future yeah. it's just a little bump in the road with eternals you know <laughs> or not if you're or into not. it i don't know yeah. i've never seen it of course you know this <laughs> all right well hmm? oh <laughs> what that i haven't seen it or the movie <laughs> that you haven't seen it <laughs> like i have all this time girl i'm not going to bed till midnight tonight anyway i'm excited this is like no you not during the podcast editing because i'm editing what you're watching anyway you're welcome uh i'm here to fill your rumor mail needs now i kid you not when looking this one up before i knew it i had like eight tabs open it was like click 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 this rumor really took me down a multiverse of possibilities <laughs> okay i'm here to bring open the wild card that is olivia wilde when i wrote this that just happened just saying uh the latest news i was able to discover was from like 2021 i haven't learned anything this year uh so now i don't know but maybe just maybe uh, something else had to happen first before we get to see her director chops in this next film. So I'm thinking we're waiting for something. Hmm. This was based off of my, I'm speculating here, guys. <laughs> this is all off of the information I gather. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm about to get all Louis Michael Pena on you guys from Ant-Man. Ready? <laughs> Ready? Okay. Somewhere in 2020, they reported that Olivia Wilde had signed a mega deal with the big boys in town right now. Sony, mm -hmm. uh, the project only known as Untitled Spider-Woman Project, directed by Olivia Wilde TBD. Emphasis on the TBD, y'all. Okay, <laughs> next. We know they created an awesome Spider-Man movie recently. And no, I'm not talking about No Way Home. We know that was awesome. Mm -hmm. um, another awesome Spider-Man film called Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. Yeah, the cartoon animation one, of course, with the awesome crossover and dope Post Malone beat. And the sequel has been announced, too, and the trailers are out already. Slow down. I'm not there yet. Oh. Next, we, <laughs> next, we were all left wanting more, of course. So people are like, we want another animated Spider-Man. And Sony was <laughs> like, well, give us the cash. Okay, so <laughs> in IMDb, I went on a search, right? Uh, we have Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse in 2022. And spoiler alert over here, we have a trailer out already. Okay, but guess <laughs> what? Not only is there going to be one, but there's a part two. It's a two-parter. And that's in the middle of filming now. Okay, and you're thinking, Olivia Wilde is in here somewhere, right? Wrong. Not yet. Okay, <laughs> but the rumor 
came true that the lovely Issa Rae is indeed coming out in this new Spider-Man animation. And who is she coming out as, you may ask? None other than Jessica Drew, who is actually (laughs) Spider-Woman. Okay, Wilde confirmed that she is working, or at least in talks and quotes up and down, uh, (laughs) with Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige. Okay, so what feeds this rumor that Wilde will be directing the Spider-Woman film that isn't even announced yet the internet okay (laughs) it believes spider-woman will be a spin-off from spider-man into the spider-verse and it will give us a backstory of (laughs) (laughs) spider-woman and this is supposed to be a spin-off so while it wasn't officially confirmed that this project was spider-woman up and down uh that is what many marvel fans are speculating wild proceeded to fuel the flames by tweeting a spider emoji along with the news when the rumor broke so Mm. <laughs> stopping um, just a thread short from you know confirming that it is Spider Woman that she will be directing a new report from the Illuminati <laughs> claims that the movie is in fact a Spider Woman project and that it will specifically follow Jessica Drew another thing to know is Amy Pascal is also a producer of this said project this untitled project mm-hmm. but also she is producing those Spider-Man animation films and the one that came out in 2018 okay. coincidence I think not. In a separate (laughs) statement, Wilde stated, I'm just honored to be amongst the wave of women who are showing up and saying, we are not only going to step in and try and tell the story like men do, we're actually going to reframe the stories themselves. And the industry is, as far as I can tell, really supportive of that. There is a sea of change, and it's because of these decades of trailblazers who demanded this over and over and over again, and it's finally it's finally broken through, and I'm very fortunate to be there with it. And so, I went into Olivia Wilde's IMDb, mm-hmm. and at first it shows me her acting reel, but then I found her directing reel, <laughs> and it says, Untitled Sony Marvel Project Announced. There is no year on there. <gasps> Last thing to note is that in 2019, she directed Booksmart, and that has garnered 29 wins and 61 nominations total. She is definitely a strong gal with a great eye to keep an eye out for. Uh, thanks <laughs> for coming. <laughs> thanks for coming to my Lewis talk. <laughs> All right. Well, staying with Marvel, <laughs> I'm sneaking in another show that's first season is already out. Loki. Have you seen Loki? No. You should. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, yes. (laughs) It has been confirmed for season two, and there hasn't been a set release date that I found. Hold that thought. I just wanted to throw out a tangent on my tangent list because my boyfriend is really sweet, my partner here. He goes, Mm -hmm. thank you for watching these movies with me. Because he knows (laughs) how to watch movies. (laughs) Continue. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome, boo. Well, there has been no set release date yet, but there are some speculations of it being sometime mid-next year year at the (laughs) earliest. This is my personal favorite of the Marvel TV series that got released in 2021. There's still more coming, but it was my favorite. It still is my favorite. And I'm super excited and interested to see what happens in season two because of that ending and because of the movies in between so are they all gonna interconnect they probably will yeah (laughs) but i'll just have to just wait i guess (laughs) the reasoning i bring this up though is because per imdb which carly actually kind of clarified for us earlier it does say that all six episodes of season one were directed by kate heron no relationship to mary heron you mean she's gonna clarify it on friday (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, like, she clarified it to me. We didn't do it oh. on the 
<laughs> I was like, that sounds familiar. <laughs> no, we weren't recording when we were talking oh. about this. <laughs> this is an actual conversation. <laughs> Wowee. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, but on IMDb, it says that she directed all six episodes, but there was like two other people there for other oh. episodes. So I don't know. But she directed the majority, it seems like, because six episodes and there was only two other names on there for one episode each. We'll just so. pretend they're not there. Yeah, it's all women. (laughs) (laughs) On top of that, there has also been a handful of women producers and writers in the show, including Bisha K. Alley, who was involved in the writing throughout the entirety of the first season. And some other positions with female leads include the cinematographer Autumn Derlin and the composer for the series, Natalie Holt, who did an amazing job. Amazing job. <laughs> Amazing job. The score is, it's so good. Matt listens to it when we're in the car. Oh like, I don't know why we're listening to it, but I love it. <laughs> Our life is a movie. It truly is. It's really good. The intro theme is. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> or um, what's the actress who plays Variant? Yeah. We don't have computers in front of us or anything. I know. (laughs) We don't need to know. It's all right. She's great, too. (laughs) Well, like I said, I'm excited to see what comes with the second season. But while researching, I came across another Marvel project that will be coming up either in November or next year. I saw different sources that was saying different things. So I don't know which one's like the most up to date. (laughs) So it'll be coming Within the next two years. (laughs) I'm talking about The Marvels, a sequel to Captain Marvel, which, fun fact, Captain Marvel was actually the first movie Matt and I saw together in theaters. Oh, really? Wow. (laughs) And um, he doesn't like it. Uh, Because it's a woman. (laughs) Anywho, this trailer looks great, and you see a lot of female characters on top of that. And like Captain Marvel, it's directed by a female as well, Nia DaCosta. I believe Captain Marvel was the one that was like directed by a female, but there was a man like helping her. Oh, so it was like technically co-directed, yeah. but she did it. Yes, Queen <laughs> Nia. Nia DaCosta. She's directing Candy. the Marvels. Her most recent writing and directing work is last year's Candyman. I really wanted to see it last year when it released, but I was like really busy at the time. So I didn't have a chance to keep watching in theaters, but I heard good things. So, <laughs> added to the list. Yeah, I almost covered it today. <laughs> Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, I think that one will get bumped up on my list though, because it's horror. So yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like all horror movies and like the rest of the categories. Everything else. <laughs> well, <laughs> she. she also wrote little woods and co-created a podcast series called ghost tape super cool which also little side tangent have you have either of you seen archive 81 no it's based off of a podcast cool so it's really it's really good i know there's i don't know if this is the same thing but i know that these guys have started a podcast and they got like they pitched it to Netflix or something. It's probably them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like an animation of them and podcasting at the same time or something. Oh no, then it's not them. Or it's like it's film. I don't know. It's it's not just a podcast anymore. It's like been picked up by Netflix to be like a show while being a podcast. Oh no, I think this podcast because when I researched it, mm-hmm. they hadn't released anything because it's basically a story podcast, not necessarily what we're doing. Uh-huh. So they're telling a story over multiple episodes. Oh, and that's what got turned into this tv series maybe it's something different mm-hmm. but pod- podcasts are getting picked up like crazy maybe. yeah yeah so although captain marvel isn't on the top of my list for favorite marvel movies but mm. it has a special place in my heart you know, <laughs> it wasn't a first date but it was like 
It was our first movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited to watch this one and support all the women behind the film mm-hmm. and on it. <laughs> Since superhero movies are really taking over, though, here's a quick speed round of female directive movies and shows. It's just one show. <laughs> <laughs> so there's Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 1984. The ones released in 2017 and 2020. Patty Jenkins directed both of these. Black Widow came out in 2021. It was directed by Kate Shortland. Birds of Prey, it's a DC movie with Harley Quinn, came out in 2020, directed by Kathy Yan. And WandaVision, it was not directed by a woman, but it was created by a woman, Mm. Jack Schaefer. And The Matrix, which is co-directed by Lana and Lily Wykowski. Is that how you say it? Yeah, sounds about right. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, women. Woo, ladies. Yeah, so you can thank the ladies for all those wonderful sh- TVs and, no, all those wonderful <laughs> movies and TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was a lot of lady talk. It but was. that was a great way to wrap up our Women's History Month because this will, you know, a lot of these are going to go in the history books. Yeah. At least for some poor, sh- you know, schmuck that ends up going to film school and has to learn about them in, what is it, film history? Yeah. <laughs> From the tooth. Um, But anyway, thank you all to all the ladies that have joined us uh, this month for Patreon. Thank you to the ladies that established things uh, musically in travel, even if it was kind of murderous at one time. (laughs) Um, The ladies that did the films, like all of that. The ladies who tell us to, uh, what was the quote? What was the line? Everyone just needs to get up. And work. It seems oh, like yeah. nobody wants to work anymore. <laughs> Just get up. I don't even know how she said it, but whatever. <laughs> it was along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what we're doing. <laughs> anyway. All right, guys. Well, that wraps us up for today's episode. And as always, we leave you with the final unnecessary and just burning question. Mm-hmm. Really, it's coming out of my esophagus area, all this area. <laughs> uh, which woman-led film has been your fave thus far? Let us know. We'd like to know on the Instagram and those who have participated. Thank you. We see you and we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. And we have another special guest coming up this Friday. Um, if you are a Patreon subscriber, thank you. If you're not, you're missing out. We have talked to so many cool people of so many cool backgrounds and they have so much really? to tell. Just so much to tell. <laughs> um, and they're all like aficionados in the areas that, you know, they're educating us on. So definitely check out the Patreon that's coming out this Friday. Mm-hmm. We have DP camera operator camera utility pa everything everything <laughs> everything on set extraordinaire carly Sykin joining us <laughs> thank you all so much for listening as just said thank you for all the ladies thank you women in general we <laughs> literally wouldn't be here without you right <laughs> if you'd like to follow our podcast along you can follow us on instagram facebook tiktok you can subscribe to our patreon for the low price of five dollars a month five dollars <laughs> that's a cup of a cup <laughs> all at talks and sips and for our personal accounts mine is at sussy.ncsoul i'm at jfox with two x's and two underscores and we also have our website talksandsips.com where you can check out all the links for our episodes so everything we talked about today all the links we use they'll be on the website and all the other previous episodes as well <laughs> <laughs> that all being said we have been talks and sips and we will see you on the next one bye bye, bye.